Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyon, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's jerseymanmagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration. Plus, a free extra gift so sensual, we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type BABE16 for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code BABE16 at adamandeve.com. You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at houseofcardsradio.com. You know what cheers me up? What? Rolled up aces over king. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The House of Cards. Today, the game is different. With author and professional poker player Ashley Adams. Okay, you have some skill. Hello, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. Welcome to House of Cards. We've got a good show for you. We have two guests. First, we're going to have Whitaker Askew, who's the Vice President of Government Affairs for the American Gaming Association. That's the lobbying group that works for land-based casinos. Then we'll be joined by Clinton Cartwright. He is the founder of One Move Poker and a team member of Blue Shark Optics. And, of course, we'll have our mailbag segment as well. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration. Plus, a free extra gift so sensual... We can't mention it on the radio. 
And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type BABE16 for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code BABE16 at adamandeve.com. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyon, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's jerseymanmagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. You're listening to the House of Cards. It's not fun making the right play and getting the wrong result. But you know what? That's poker. Hey, welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. We are very fortunate to be joined by Whitaker Askew, who is the Vice President of Government Affairs for the American Gaming Association. And since I don't know anything about the American Gaming Association, I figure that's a good place to start with the interview. So, Whitaker, are you there? I am, Ashley. How are you? Thanks for I am, having me. I am well. I'm glad we got you on the air. Uh, why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about your background and then telling us what the American Gaming Association is. Sure. Well, I'm pleased to, and I appreciate the opportunity to be on the call this evening. Um, my background, you know, I, I've, I've been in Washington, D.C. just over 10 years, and I'm a product of the House of Representatives. Most recently, I spent the last six years uh, running the national political operation for Congressman John Boehner, who is the now Speaker of the House. Uh, and I joined the AGA about two and a half years ago uh, in 2011. Uh, it's been a wonderful experience, and the AGA, which I'll talk about here in a moment, is, is it's a trade association that historically, uh, going back to 95, when it was created, was built to uh, – it was in the harm prevention business because at the time, the gaming industry – was in in the midst of a large expansion across the country, of which now we operate in 23 states on the commercial sector. Uh, But at the time, there was concern about federal regulation and federal taxation. And so the AGA was created by uh, uh, some of the legendary um, visionaries of the commercial gaming industry back in 1995 to help uh, express um, the need for um, an understanding of how the commercial gaming operation and the companies uh, um, 
across the country operate because we're licensed, regulated, and taxed at the state level. Uh, it was really designed at the time to combat any type of federal oversight. And so you fast forward, and over the last 18 years, the American Gaming Association represents the commercial casino industry. So that's the household name operators that operate here in the United States. And it also includes the manufacturing companies uh, who, who uh, have the software and hardware and slot machines and things like that. And then we also have membership that falls into different sectors of the supply uh, sector for, uh, for casino operations. So it's, it's pretty broad. Uh, even though you know, I would describe the gaming industry as somewhat of a niche part of the broader hospitality and travel industry, and in, and and now it's you know largely um, rooted on entertainment, much more than just gaming. Okay, so let me just interrupt you and ask you if you can tell us, so that our listeners can really get their arms around who you are. Some of the specific members of your association would they be Caesars? Would they be Win? Would they be Bally? I mean, those companies, other companies yeah, we might exactly. know. Exactly. Exactly. You've got you've got MGM. You have Caesars. You have Las Vegas Sands. Uh, on the operator front, you have IGT, Bally, WMS. You know the list goes right. on. Boyd Gaming. You know it's it it it's interesting because while you have uh, numerous casino properties that operate under their brand names, uh, there are much fewer companies that actually own and operate a lot of the different brands across the country. Okay, uh, and we represent you know a majority, a large majority, if not all of them. So you are, at least you were founded by what we would call the brick-and-mortar casino companies and gaming product companies. Where do you stand and how do you re- interact, if at all, with the Internet gaming companies, which, of course, are fighting a battle for their lives in this country over the UIGEA, the Unlawful Internet Gambling Enforcement Act? Where are, do you have sure. any of them that are members of your association? Well, I assume you're referring to the offshore companies who have been in the Internet market. Right, like PokerStars right. and right, those folks. No, we, they are not members of the AGA. You know, again, the AGA members have always been the U.S. land-based brick-and-mortar companies uh, and manufacturing companies based here in the United States. Uh, and while you're correct, you know, there are certainly a good number of uh, the offshore Internet operators, uh, some of which stayed in the market after UI uh, or UG, as I call it, went into place in 2006, but many of which did not. They left the market. But it should be clear that none of them uh, are part of the AGA. Okay. Um, we have a lot of our listeners, just so you know, our focus. I'd say the vast majority of our listeners are poker players. We're right. a house of cards. We're geared for poker players. And while, of course, we are all now playing poker in the United States in brick-and-mortar casinos, many of which are operated by the companies that are members of your association, and we're very happy to continue playing in them. Many of us are looking toward the opportunity to return to a time when there was Internet poker. I'm wondering what position, if any, uh, and in as much depth as you'd like to go into, where your group stands on the return of Internet poker to the United States. Sure. Well, you know, I first want to say that, you know, the listeners here on the call today, on the radio today, you know, you call them poker players, and that's absolutely what they are, you know, and they're certainly customers of ours that we, you know, appreciate and want to be coming in to play more poker games in our properties unquestionably. But I think your point in they would also like to have the opportunity to legally play poker on the Internet, um, so do we. You know, the AGA historically – 
uh, over the last couple of years, certainly as long as I've been here, have, have been strong advocates for the need for a regulated online poker market. And if you look, you, if you look back the last couple of years, going back to uh, UGA. You know, essentially, while the United States Congress within UGA did not outline what was legal versus illegal Internet gambling, what they did was they attacked the financial transaction and made it, I'm putting my quote signs up, illegal for the financial transaction to occur. Correct. And so as a lot of the offshore uh, Internet poker companies left the market, the few that still stayed in, you know, at least in the eyes of Congress, uh, would have viewed them as being illegal gambling operators, even though it was quite unclear based on the way the law was written. Now, you bring the Wire Act into the fold here, going back to 1961, when certainly the Internet has, had not been invented yet. Um, you know, it, it, the Department of Justice probably could have uh, enforced online gaming companies, poker or other types of games, up until 2011 under the Wire Act, but they chose not to. There were never any prosecutions under the Wire Act. And so it's interesting because the AGA over this time period has also been very much in the deep dive of trying to understand is the technology in fact, good enough and adequate uh, to cover geolocation concerns, to cover underage concerns, to promote responsible gaming, all the technologies that would need to be put into place in a regulated environment in the United States. And absolutely, the technology certainly is available. And we strongly believe and have continued to believe that you have to have some tough regulations for this online poker market that addresses consumer protection to help prevent the underage gambling, to promote responsible gaming, and uh, to provide help for those that can't gamble responsibly. All right. Fair enough. Listeners, will be back after a commercial break. Take care. Are you or a loved one currently suffering from arthritis, COPD, or other chronic conditions and can't get relief from current treatments? If so, there may be another option. Local physicians are conducting research studies in your area today, and you may be eligible to receive up to $1,300 in compensation for participation. These studies are confidential and are taking place for a limited time. Call 855-912-PAIN, 855-912-PAIN today to see if you qualify. Health insurance is not required. Call 855-912-7246. Don't just listen to House of Cards. Now you can be part of the show with the House of Cards hotline. Call us at 609-474-HOCR and leave a message for Ashley and the rest of the House of Cards crew. Comments about the show? Poker questions? You just want us to know about great places to play or you just got bluffed out of a pot? Your messages may even be played on the air. Give us a call at 609-474-HOCR. That's 609-474-4627. The House of Cards Hotline, available 24 hours a day. Call the hotline or send us an email at info at houseofcardsradio.com and don't forget to visit our website at houseofcardsradio.com and follow the show on Twitter and Facebook. By leaving a message with House of Cards, you can send to having your message played on the air. You're listening to the House of Cards. 
I think we got a show. Oh, yeah, we got a show. We definitely got a show. Oh, yeah, there's a show. Hey, it's all about ratings, baby, and we got them. Hello, listeners. Welcome back. Listeners, for those who haven't been listening since the beginning of this interview, we're talking to Whitaker Askew, who is the vice president of government affairs for the American Gaming Association. What I'm wondering is this. I I look at the Democratic Party, and they've generally had their traditional liberal view on gaming and gambling, which is to say, yeah, I guess it's OK. Fair enough. That's the Democrats. Um, I looked at the Republican Party during the last presidential election cycle in 2012, and their platform explicitly and powerfully called for keeping Internet gaming, including poker, illegal. Now, your roots are in the Republican Party. You work for the current speaker, John Boehner. Right. What is he going to do to undo that piece of their platform? Well, yeah, I would say this. I mean, I, I can't, I can't imagine that any member of Congress is going to work towards anything that was put in a political platform for for a convention, uh, you know. And you know, that's not the first time, is my understanding, that that plank within the platform was there, going back to presidential elections prior. Uh, but what I can tell you is this: uh, you know, obviously the AGA uh, would have strong concern over that. Uh, and I think we have to remember this, as we alluded to earlier. Internet gambling and Internet poker is in this country, and I suspect we'll talk about some of the messages we've produced in the last few weeks regarding the Runner Runner movie that's just unveiled on Friday. But the fact of the matter is Americans spent $2.6 billion, with a B, dollars on illegal offshore gambling sites in 2012. And so that's almost 10% of the entire $33 billion worldwide online gaming market. And in the eyes of the U.S. Congress and the U.S. government, they're not supposed to be doing that. And so... (laughs) That's right, but they are. (laughs) They are, exactly. The fact of the matter is, online gaming is here. And so it is in the best interest of the consumer, law enforcement, and... Uh, the poker player to certainly uh, do to play in a safe, regulated, and legal environment. That way, the safeguards are there to protect them and to maintain the integrity of the game, and also to provide the tools necessary to combat illegal internet gambling operations. Yes, we agree on that. So, what right. is the American Gaming Association doing to make sure that we have legal, well-regulated, taxed? Internet gaming, or at least Internet poker, in our future. Right. Well, I I would say this. You know, the AGA has been working quite significantly over the last few years to help educate lawmakers in Washington the need for action. Now, we also have to keep in mind the political dynamics in general. You know, we face a time (laughs) where the government is shut down and where we have divided government between the House and Senate and the White House. And so... Uh, you know, I say this jokingly, but in pretty serious jokingly form, you know, 
we have somewhat of a dysfunctional government right now, and I think that's being pretty generous. And so you have to keep that underlying theme involved in, in mind here when you talk about secondary issues. And I say secondary issues, meaning it's not a broad national issue that impacts every single American. And so I, I characterize it as a secondary issue, and there are many, you know, that there is a, there is a less awareness uh, on Capitol Hill for these types of issues, and I would describe this as one. And so we've spent the last two and a half years educating lawmakers on both sides of the aisle, Republican and Democrat, as to what, what the environment is and why we believe that a federal solution is the appropriate and best public policy way to deal with it. Because you have to keep in mind, the Internet is borderless. It does not stop at a state boundary. And so when you bring in the need for technology and so forth to, under, to recognize the player and who they are, to make sure that they're, that they're playing by the rules, you have to have some type of federal framework for minimum standards. Well, of course, we've been talking about this, though, for five years. And right. we've had, I mean, yeah, we're divided government. Maybe we can use this issue to bring government together because it seems like your friends on the right and the far right in favor of freedom would be opposed to restrictions on people's right to right. exercise their interest in gambling online. The left doesn't want to uh, impinge people's rights to gamble if they want to. We've had Barney Frank on the show. He thinks sure. that the UIGA should be thrown out. Alphonse D'Amato, former Republican senator from New York, thinks the same thing. So what's, why can't we get this done? Well, I, again, I, I, I go back to, you know, Congress is usually pretty good at, at operating or reacting when they actually believe there is a significant problem out there. And I think we as an industry and we as poker players and we as any other stakeholder that would be in favor of the freedom to play online poker needs to do as best of a job as we can in helping to understand that there is this unsafe market out there, and it's been out there for a number of years. We have the chance to get it right. We have a, we have. Our chances right here. And oh, by the way, if we can create some jobs and some revenue and keep all those things onshore, then that would be a wonderful thing, all while ensuring that the poker player, the consumer, is best protected so that they can play the game that they love. And the challenge is, you know. If you could pull the politics, and I don't mean the, the, the controversy over, oh, this is a gaming issue or not, because I think by and large most folks on Capitol Hill recognize that poker certainly is a game of skill versus your traditional house bank uh, games. Um, the challenge is working through the political dynamics in a Congress that's just not been producing much in the terms of any results on any type of legislative process. Now, the other thing we haven't talked about but is certainly marching ahead is states are not sitting around waiting for Congress to act. You know, we now have three states that have moved uh, to legalize some form of of gaming between – I'm sorry? That's true. Nevada, Delaware, Delaware, and uh, and New New Jersey. Jersey. And, you know, and, and while we here at the AGA have always advocated that, you know, concern over a patchwork quilt of rules and regulations, if you go, you know, and I'm just saying potentially 50 different sets of rules and regulations versus having some baseline minimum standard uh, because of the inherent nature of the Internet. Uh, but the fact of the matter is Congress has not acted, and the states are starting to act, and there are a good number of other states that are looming. Um, you know, and they all do look somewhat different between Nevada uh, having poker only. Then you have Delaware and New Jersey. They're going to have all types of games, uh, you know, later this year. And I would imagine that as other states look at this, 
they will try to move forward as well. Now, the question then is, you know, if a few other states do move ahead, you know, will that be the uh, the fire under Congress to get them to finally act? And that's certainly a question that, you know, maybe we'll find out in, in the days and months and years to come. I don't know. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, there's going to be some form of legal iGaming in this country, and we already have three states to prove it. It's just a matter of having some type of consistency for the right. regulation uh, to have the most efficient process to move forward with it. We have uh, one minute left. Can you tell our listeners any piece of legislation that the American Gaming Association, the AGA, is supporting that's actually working or at Capitol Hill now that they could lobby their state, I mean, their congressman or their senator on behalf of? Sure, yeah. The, the AGA has not taken a position on any of the legislation that's been introduced to this Congress. Now, I would How say come? this. You, I'm sorry? How come? Well, because you've got varying dynamics. You know, I think I think the perfect bill uh, to address this issue on all fronts when it comes to consumer protection, you throw in Native American tribes, respect out of their sovereignty. Uh, you've got lottery components. You've got a lot of different moving parts here. Uh, there's not been one specific bill that addresses that addresses every single front, and so while I believe that you have two bills, you've got uh, Congressman Joe Barton's bill in the Energy and Commerce Committee, uh, which is a poker-only bill, and certainly does a lot of good things along, along the lines of what we've been advocating for and what poker players across the country advocate for. Then you've got Congressman Peter King's bill uh, in Financial Services, uh, which is inclusive of all games, games of chance and and uh, and poker. Uh, and so, you know, there's certainly elements of both pieces of legislation that are good, um, and hopefully there will be additional legislation that kind of covers all the bases for this issue because it's a highly complex issue. You know, my yeah, but, concern but, but is let's, that Congress- but i got to interrupt because we only yeah. have about 30 seconds left. Of course. One could cynically conclude, however, that the AGA representing land-based casinos is at least in the short term advantaged by not having – more legalized, well-regulated online gaming, at least until they get into that market, because you're at least keeping a lot of the terrestrial gamblers from taking their gambling dollars and throwing them into the Internet, right? No, I would disagree with that. I mean, again, while we've advocated for poker only uh, for a lot of different reasons, but one, because it's kind of America's pastime. I mean, you take Congressman Joe Barton as an example. He learned how to play poker in the Boy Scouts. But you haven't endorsed his bill. We have not, but we certainly agree that there are a lot of elements that have helped to educate a lot of members of Congress, his colleagues, uh, to move forward. But when you look at other states that are moving ahead, at the end of the day, the AGA's members are going to have to make business decisions based off of the marketplace and how the marketplace is moving. And if Congress is unable to move anything forward along the lines that we've been talking about for the last 15 minutes or so, then as states move ahead – they're going to have no choice but to get on that train as that train's leaving the uh, tra- leaving the train station. And Fair whether enough. that includes all games or poker or no type, it just depends on the marketplace, and the marketplace will certainly dictate that moving forward. Fair enough. Uh, I think a very good presentation by you on where the American Gaming Association stands. Our listeners, we've been talking to Whitaker Askew, the vice president of government affairs. I guess that you're a lobbyist for the American Gaming Association. Is that fair to say? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, we've appreciated you coming on, and I hope that if things develop and if you take a position on any online gaming legislation, you'll come back on and talk about that. I look forward to that. Thanks so much for having me, Ashley. Thank you. Listeners, we're going to be right back after a quick break. 
Hey, Jersey, we want to hear from you. Send us an email at info at houseofcardsradio.com or leave a message at our hotline at 609-474-4627. Are you still shopping the old-fashioned way? Well, then buzz on over to bzid.com. Bezid is your number one online auction source for brand name new items from companies like Apple, Sony, Canon, Dyson, Samsung, and more at discounts of 75, 85, and 99% off retail. Go to Bezid.com and use the offer code USA and get three bids for the price of one. That's offer code USA to get three bids for the price of one. Go to Bezid.com. B-E-E-Z-I-D.com. Bezid.com. Hey, how you doing? This is Joe Walsh. I'm speaking on behalf of Rad. It's okay to rock and roll, right? But don't drive home drunk. If you're drunk, call me up. I have a limo. I'll come and get you. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, Rad, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hey, this is Dave Weishandl from House of Cards with your House of Cards gaming report for the week of October 21st, 2013. The Columbus Dispatch reports that members of a Bronx, New York crime ring are accused of cheating at all four Ohio casinos within the past year. So far, there have been 13 arrests, but authorities feel that there could be as many as 70 people involved. Authorities say the group has used something called a color-up scam, where one member buys colored chips at a roulette table at one value, secretly passes the chips to a second member, who then passes them off at the table at a higher value. Harris Resort in Atlantic City, New Jersey, is playing some big things for the city. It's in the process of building a $126 million conference center, which will be the largest of its type in the Northeast. When finished, the facility will be spread out over 250,000 square feet. Construction is expected to take about 22 months to complete, and the facility will open sometime in 2015. And finally, a Northboro, Massachusetts pastor has listened to a higher calling, and apparently that calling is from a casino. Father Steve Jem has resigned after he confessed to embezzling from the St. Bernadette Parish and School to support his gambling habit. A review of the parish finances show that over the past four years, more than $100,000 in school funds and more than $120,000 in parish funds were used by the good father. I'm sure it wasn't just bingo he was playing. Have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation? Send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HOC Radio. Great moments in history. In 481 BC, the defeat of the Spartans at the Battle of Thermopylae. As long as Xerxes doesn't find the secret path to the hot gates, where is it, boy? Xerxes has found the secret goat path to the hot gates. Ah, shit! In June 2008, House of Cards began podcasting. Go to HouseOfCardsRadio.com and click on the podcast button for all recent show downloads. This is House of Cards Radio with Ashley Adams. Well, I guess he couldn't be any worse than Tim McCarver is at sportscasting. In my view, as good as the Yankees were in the first half of this game, that's how as bad they've been now. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. We are 
here with a guest on the phone, Clinton Cartwright. He is the founder of One Move Poker and a team member of Blue Shark Optics. We're going to find out about both of those things. But before we do, let me just make sure that he's there. Clinton, are you there? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Great. Now, How's it going? It's going great. Now, you're on the phone. Where are you located right now? I'm actually uh, located in Charlotte, North Carolina, which is where I uh, where I live. Um, so, you know, I try to stay close to home as much as possible when I'm not on the road uh, teaching seminars or, or out there trying to make a name for ourselves playing. Now, if you're in Charlotte, that's kind of a poker dead zone. Where do you play your live poker? Well, everybody thinks it's kind of a poker dead zone, but the reality is, is this place is hopping with great, great card players. Um, there's a lot of underground games here in Charlotte that we, you know, we get into and play. Um, I, yeah, I've played in a couple of underground games, but do you um, do you play in any public poker rooms? Uh, right now, there's no real public poker rooms around here. Um, the closest thing we have is uh, Cherokee, um, Harris Cherokee in Cherokee, North Carolina. Yeah, do um, they still have the Poker Pro machines, or do they have live dealers now? They have a live 2-5 game going um, as of, like, since the circuit event, which was uh, last April um, is when they started doing that. And hopefully, you know, the pro, the 1-2 games are still on that uh Poker pro tables, which are awful. I mean, I just, I, I really can't play on them. Well, at least I mean, you don't have algorithm. to. At least you don't have to tip. Well, I, you know what? I'm a generous tipper. If I'm winning, I'm taking care of everybody. So uh, the thing is, is you know, with the two five table up there, it's fun. Um, it gets, you know, it plays a little bit big because it's the only, you know, it's the only live table they have at all there. So it does play big at some in certain spots. Um, but, you know, there's a ton of, of good live games that go on here in Charlotte. Uh, again, like I said, it's just most of them are underground. So, we, you know, we don't get to talk about them. As yeah, much. as in illegal. I know I played in them, and they were they moved around some because a couple, actually more than a couple. There were some big games that were busted when I was down there a few years ago. Uh, but it's a shame, man. They should legalize it. Hey, man, they should. And uh, we're actually working with um, – you know, with some people in the house to uh, legalize a few bills to allow more charity gaming around here in Charlotte, which mm-hmm. is, you know, a little bit a part of what we're um, trying to get into. But again, you know, waiting on the government to pass any laws or uh, <laughs> good luck. Hard at this point. Good yeah. luck. Now, if you were to be going north, how long would it take you to get to uh, Maryland Live, which is a new room up near Baltimore? It's probably about six hours from us uh, drive time. Oh wow! Um, which it's I'm, a long way. I'm actually looking forward to getting up there and playing because I've heard some tremendous things about it. Uh, obviously, I, I haven't been there myself um, to check it out, but I have one of my team members, uh, uh, George Webster. He lives in Richmond, so he's about two hours away, an hour and a half or so away from there. He says it was awesome, fifty plus tables that are packed all the time, and. Uh, you know, it's got a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff going on. I know the PPC was doing satellite events there, so we're looking forward to uh, to getting up there and playing a lot there. Great. Well, tell us about uh, One Move Poker. What is that? Well, One Move Poker was we basically created the company to help uh, to help players progress their game. Um, we actually we do cha- we do a lot of charity events, uh, a lot of corporate events, so. The company was started based on 
doing corporate events and running charity poker games and, and helping, you know, to have a good understanding of the game, you know, make sure we, you know, we're teaching the right rules to our TDs and making sure that the charity games are being ran as a poker tournament would be in a casino. And then from there, you know, doing that, I met a lot of good players, great players, um, that I hand-selected to become a part of the poker team. And from that is when we branched off and started doing uh, poker seminars, training classes, working with different charities to help give packages away to uh, so that people could learn the game. Because a lot of these charity events or, or low-buy-in events, you know, people – come out to have a good time, but really didn't understand what they were doing. So give me um, an example of uh, where and how you'd run a charity game. Is it, I mean, can you do that in the Charlotte area and get uh, the police to say, okay, or are you running them somewhere other than in the Charlotte area? Well, in the Charlotte area, it really depends on who you know and, you know, the cause you're going for. Um, there's some strict guidelines that we have to follow, abide by, and make sure that, you know, we pass it through the DA of the county. We are mostly out of the Charlotte area. Um, we're looking to expand, but we haven't gotten there yet. Um, we're definitely, you know, based here in Charlotte. And uh, the, the charity bill that there actually is in the House right now to be voted upon. So we've kind of laid back a few on the charity games, and we do a lot more corporate stuff right now um, for Christmas parties and stuff that there's not betting allowed or, you know, there's no buy-in. It's just kind of a fun atmosphere but we're actually teaching the game and teaching crafts and, and three-card poker and some other stuff. But it's hard running charity events right now because a lot of the charities that I was working with, they just want to put it on hold because they're government-funded. And if they get caught, you know, quote-unquote illegal gambling, you know, then they can get their grants taken away. So we kind of hold back waiting for this bill to pass, which it was supposed to be last week. Um, on the 1st, it was supposed to go into, into effect. However, again, we're waiting on the government, so nothing's uh, going to move quickly. Well, has it moved through committee yet in North Carolina, or is it uh, is it already been passed by the House and Senate waiting for the governor to sign? Where is the bill? It's actually sitting dead right now. Um, it's got a lot of support. It, it hasn't gone through the House or the Senate. It's, is it in committee? Well, now they're going to have to rewrite it um, oh. just because the date was basically – on the bill, it said effective October 1st. Um, so right there, it tells me that it's going to have to be rewritten. And, you know, I'm good friends with a lot of the PPA directors, uh, the, P the PPA director for the state I'm good friends with, and we're working on trying to contact them to see where the bill is, what's going on, what we can do to help promote it, to help pass it. All right. In the meantime, you said you have a coaching business. How does that work? Absolutely. I, uh, in early last year, I brought on um, three really keen, smaller-name pros, um, but very good at what they do. Uh, and, you know, one was uh, Scott Cooper. Was, he was my lead instructor. Scott Cooper? Wasn't he an astronaut? <laughs> yes, he was an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's... Um, His play he's is out of this world. Yeah, absolutely. The play is always out of this world. No, he was. He came along uh, to a lot of our charity events that we were holding and, and running, and we got to know each other pretty well. And then, you know, again, like I said, I wanted to, to tap into the more poker side and being able to train people that wanted to learn the game, um, you know, at, at a, a lower stakes level because 
the way that you look at it is a lot of these poker coaches want three, four, five, six hundred dollars an hour to coach people. And, you know, the normal player is not going to be able to afford that. So what we did is we started, you know, coaching sessions for lessons for like a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars a person to come in for three hours. And we actually gave them a good seminar on on that. Um, Scott Cooper was my first pro that I picked up and he helped me design classes. Then also brought on Mark Rhodes, who was a member of uh, Blue Shark Optics, who still is a member of Blue Shark Optics. When you um, say a member of Blue Shark Optics, aren't they a sunglasses company? We're a poker glasses company. Okay. Not, not sunglasses. Okay. Poker glasses company. So being a member Absolutely. of Team Blue Shark Optics, what does that mean? You sell well, poker glasses or you do what? Well, we represent the brand. Um, we obviously wear their uh, I, their product, you know, at the table or, you know, represent it in some form or fashion. Um, if, if you, you know, come out to WSOP or any other big events, you know, any WSOP circuit events, I'm sure a lot of uh, people have met Kerry, who's the owner of Blue Shark, who got it started. And what it is, is it's actually a poker glasses. It's made for poker. Instead of, you know, where sunglasses will, will make it darker inside, these actually bring in the light. Right. And I've so, seen them. They're great product. I didn't mean to diminish the importance of the product. I think they, they're they great. You can put them on, and it doesn't make anything darker, except you can't see your eye. The other people can't see your eyes, which is what you're trying to do, and it can actually right. help uh, bring more light into it. What I meant was, aside from being people that sell and promote glasses, what does being a member of the team mean as far as poker skills or anything? Well, I mean, as far as poker skills, you know, there's a wide range of uh, of team members, and they range from everything from, you know, more of the amateur level that are getting into the game all the way up to, you know, obviously Jonathan Little, um, Chris Moneymaker, uh, recently signed Greg Raymers aboard as some of the bigger-name pros that are representing the company as well. So it, Terry took a line where he wanted to bring a, a whole team of players on, and like I said, it was – from amateur level to all the way up to the biggest pros of it Great. in the game. Great. I want you to give and, our listeners your uh, website, Clinton, so that they'll be able to contact you either for One Move Poker or for uh, Blue Shark Optics. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, go to the website. It's www.thenumberonemovepoker.com. And uh, you can email me directly at clint at onemovepoker.com, and we can talk about uh coaching sessions, whether it be group, individual, um, and, you know, obviously if you're in the Charlotte or North Carolina area, we can talk about running events for you. Um, You can also talk to us directly about, you know, getting your own pair of Blue Shark Optics. Great. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Good luck with your legislation. Good luck with your legislation, Clint. Thank you. Thank you. That's going to be the hardest work I have to do the next six months. All right, I wish you success. That's Clinton Cartwright, who is the founder of One Move Poker and a team member of Blue Shark Optics. We'll be back after a quick break. Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. 
When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration, plus a free extra gift so sensual we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out AdamandEve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type BABE16 for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code BABE16 at AdamandEve.com. Hey, how you doing? This is Joe Walsh. I'm speaking on behalf of Rad. It's okay to rock and roll, right? But don't drive home drunk. If you're drunk, call me up. I have a limo. I'll come and get you. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, Rad, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyons, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's jerseymanmagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. You're listening to House of Cards on the House of Cards Radio Network. Check us out at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. You're listening to the House of Cards. Join us online at HouseOfCardsRadio.com. In 1949, legendary gambler Nick the Greek Dandelos came to town, squared off against Johnny Moss in a running no-limit poker game that went on for four months. Crowds gathered every day to see if an out-of-towner could beat the best Vegas had. Moss was up $4 million before the Greek stood and said, Mr. Moss, I have to let you go. And that's the way it usually comes out. When you take on Vegas, Vegas wins. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. This is our mailbag segment when I'm joined in studio by my wonderful producer, Dave Weishattle, who's standing here today. What's up, Dave? Well, we got a question from a guy who hopefully I don't mispronounce the name of his hometown. Jason from Pahrumpf, Nevada. Pahrumpf. It's west of yeah, Las I've Vegas. Been there. I've been there. Oh, yeah. Time. Sure. They got uh, two two casinos one of which has a poker room, and they're famous for their legalized prostitution. Oh, really? Uh, the famous Chicken Ranch is located in Pahrumpf. Is it really? A, uh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. 
Wow. Not that I've ever gone there, <laughs> right. but I know about it. Well, we got something from Jason from Pahrumpf, and he wants to know, I guess everyone knows that now Nevada, you know, they also have legalized prostitution. Now they have legalized online gaming, and he wants to know, in the poker community, do online players garner the same respect as players who play live? Uh, I guess it depends on whom you're asking, <laughs> but I think the consensus is, it may not be a consensus, but the majority opinion is that online poker players who are successful generally are considered better than the average player in the live casino. They have certain deficiencies in their play because they're used to playing online, but the level of competition is generally considered to be tougher on the Internet. And so players who can win in that environment, I think, are generally respected a great deal. There are exceptions, and there are those who are naysayers who refer disparagingly to Internet kids or people that don't know how to you know, read other players. But the well, truth, they tend yeah. to be a lot younger, too, right? They tend to be younger, uh, but I think overall, even the really seasoned veteran poker-playing community maybe begrudgingly, but nevertheless accepts the skills of the Internet players as being superior. Can, they, you, yeah. can you tell when an, a player plays online predominantly when he sits down at a table with you? Just from well, the way he plays his cards or how well, quickly he plays? They tend to play quicker because uh, a lot of guys that I know who played online used to play different tables at the same time, which was amazing to me how they could do that. Um, the answer to your question is no. I can't really tell. Um, there are certain things that tend to indicate that they're um, online players predominantly, uh, an inexpert way of handling their cards, uh, their youth, um, their comments, like, I play on the Internet all the time. <laughs> That's usually a giveaway. Uh, the way they flick their chips, too. I know, they, um, I know, like, seasoned pros, I'm sure like you have, do you do your twist your uh, chips at all? I can shuffle or? my chips. Yeah. I don't do all the, the uh, stuff that some of the, you know, the, I forget what they call it, uh, tricks. I don't do a lot of the twirling around. Yeah, there, the there's a guy uh, always I see at uh, Parks Casino, he he shuffles his chips up and down. It's, it's amazing. Well, I can hand. shuffle a stack of 20 chips with one hand and do that repeatedly. But I can't take, some guys will take three chips and using their index finger, they'll pull up the middle of the three chips and twirl it around on top of the other two and then put it back down. They can do that. I don't do those yeah. kind of gymnastics with my chips. It, to me, what's important is ending up with them, not what you do with them when you have them. You, you know, uh, I just want to tell everyone out there what radio pros we are, that how we're explaining the chips, we're actually making the movements with our hands like everyone right. can see them. Right, right, right. right. Uh, but speaking of uh, playing live, you just came back from Ohio. Another so. trip. I've had, I don't know if I've talked about both of my trips. I was in You didn't talk about Ohio. I was in Texas. Oh, I, I didn't hear about Texas either. All right. I went, uh, JetBlue had an announcement that they were going to start flights from Boston to Houston nonstop for the first time. To promote the route, they announced discounted rates. Wow. So being the bargain hunter that I am, I couldn't resist. I bought a ticket round trip to Houston for $93. Wow, that's great. Round trip, huh? Yeah. Wow. Now, I didn't think ahead of time 
what the hell am I going to do <laughs> when I get to Houston? But I got a ticket. So then I planned out a trip. I looked on a map, saw that there was one poker room, one legal room in the entire state of Texas. It happened to be on the exact opposite side of the state. <laughs> See, that's shocking to me. Texas Hold'em, you would think it's you would think, littered with poker no, rooms. Uh, gambling is illegal unless it's legal. and it's So illegal. New Hampshire has more poker rooms than Texas. Oh, has ten times more <laughs> oh, poker my rooms. God. Texas has one. It's an Eagle Pass. So I planned out a trip. I met my friend, Ellis Moss, from college in Houston. We had a delicious breakfast. Uh, we had chicken fried steak and grits. They gave me a chicken fried steak the size of a sombrero. <laughs> I mean, it was unbelievable. And grits, it was about four pounds of grits with an entire stick of butter, it seemed like, like a lamppost sticking in the grits. That's some good fiber right there. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I left there and drove five and a half hours across the state to uh, Eagle Pass, Checked into my room, went into the room, had a poker game, wonderful room, 12 tables, great action, bad players. Greg Raymer was there. Really? Wow. Met great. with Greg Raymer um, and had two very nice days of poker there. Then I drove up to San Antonio, uh, couldn't find a game. I mean, there were all these games, but I couldn't get into a game, underground <laughs> game. But I saw the Alamo. I had a couple of meals. Then I went to uh, Austin where I stayed, and I did find an underground game there played, drove back to Houston, and came home. How did you find the underground game? I love stories like that. It's just well, it's amazing um, how you do it. That's your next book you should do. Yeah, how to find an underground game. Well, I'll tell you, it was, I had all these leads. I had friends. I had this, and the people had, oh, I know somebody, I know somebody. And then I found guys that said, oh, I'll get you into the game. Don't worry, I'll call you. None of them came through. It was <laughs> a dry hole after dry hole. The night uh, before I was to leave, I saw an email that I had from a guy online who reads my blog, and he said, you know, I have a friend who can get you into a game. Why didn't you ask me? And he did. And I found a game. It started at noon. I left at 4. I played for four hours in the middle of the afternoon, which is very unusual for a home game. It was a 2-5 game, and uh, I won some money. It was a, The trip uh, cost me about $400. I made about that. Uh, playing, and so it was a kind of a, a, a free experience. So, and from that, you went to Ohio. Well, I came home for two days. Okay, came home. Okay. Friday night, and then I went to a family reunion in southern Indiana, and while I was there, I, I flew into Cincinnati because I could get a direct flight to Cincinnati. It would have taken me a connecting flight to get to Louisville, and Cincinnati has three poker rooms within an hour. One brand new one downtown, the Horseshoe, is fantastic. They had the Heartland Poker Tour going on while I was there. Is that the home of it, or is that just one stop there? No, the Heartland Poker Tour goes all over the place. And uh, But they had an event there. Yeah, the main event started the day I arrived. I got to uh, cruise around, meet a lot of different people, had a very good time, a good winning session there. And then uh, I had also been to the two smaller rooms in the area. One is the Hollywood, just over the river in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Hollywood is... a uh, Legitimate room, has cash games, tournaments all the time. The rake is very heavy. It's a $6 plus one at hmm. both the Horseshoe and the Hollywood. And then there's the Belterra, which is hosting a Heartland Poker Tour event. But the Belterra, as much as I really loved the resort casino atmosphere, the very good restaurants, they have a spa, they have a beautiful hotel. The problem was that they just don't get cash games regularly. Uh, at least they didn't on the 
The Saturday I was there, I had to wait a couple of hours before they pulled together a game, which on a Saturday night should never happen. And then Sunday, they got no game at all. They have tournaments. It's all they tournaments. Didn't have, okay. They didn't have cash games. I mean, they say they might get one, but if you don't have one consistently on Saturday and Sunday evening, uh, I don't know when they get it. So that was my trip. Are, are tournaments the big money makers for casinos? No, really, no, it's no, just it's, no, I don't know no, why. No. There are some casinos that just don't do cash games; they just do tournaments, and they just you know. Well, I don't think, I think it's is, ridiculous. I don't think there's a casino alive that wants to just do tournaments. Tournaments are maybe not lost leaders, but they don't make hardly any money. The reason for a tournament is to get people into the casino okay. so that they'll play in the cash games. Uh, but tournaments, I mean, think about it. If you're entering a tournament, if it's a $100 tournament, maybe you're paying $20, and it's going to last four or five hours for the winner. So maybe the house is making 20 bucks per player. If there are 100 yeah, people I mean, cash over four hours, that's $2,000 for you know, a hundred, it's nothing. I mean, cash games are such big turnovers for, uh, right. you know, players. You know, I can't believe that casinos still just offer tournaments. That's well, I, I don't think there are any casinos that offer tournaments expecting them to only offer tournaments. I think every casino that has tournaments has plans to have cash games. Yeah. Some, a few, very few, are not successful getting the cash games together and are soon to be ex-poker rooms. I mean, we just lost Circus Circus. Yeah. We just lost the M. Uh, and I think a lot of these rooms are going to be eliminated. So uh, that's my report. And uh, what am I going to say? I got nothing else. I got nothing else Goodbye. for you. <laughs> Goodbye and good luck. Good luck. And uh, talk to you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.